Well, good morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to All Shores. Would you stand with us as we start our morning by worshiping?
picture that that song gives of our God, that his back isn't turned, that his arms are not crossed, but that his arms are wide out open. And I think for me, it just reminds me that God wants to meet with each one of us today, that he's excited, that he's been waiting, that he has something for each one of us, that he's not upset, he's not mad, he's not far away, that this is the time for us to meet with our creator, to meet with our God. And I just wanna encourage you, maybe you're walking in this space and maybe you're feeling it in some way that you need some encouragement or you need some prayer or you need some comfort. And I would just say, you're in the right place. Now, this is why we come to be together. It's to encourage each other, support each other. And so if today, if you're, if you're just needing to take a seat in some way, I just encourage you to do that. And you might feel a hand on your shoulder. You might um, feel some hands reaching out. And that's just to signify that, that we are a church family, that none of us should have to do this thing alone. Let's pray together. God, we look to you today and we affirm that you are where our help comes from, that you are the maker of heaven and earth, that you are our strength, you are our fortress, that you invite us to run in and find safety in your arms. And I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, you love them, you know them, and you want to put something inside of them that they did not have when they walked in or when they flipped open that laptop. So God, I just pray that you'd meet us in a powerful way. And we don't just pray for ourselves, but we pray for your church, your body that you've established and left on every corner of our globe. Today, specifically, we pray for other churches in our, in our neighborhood. We pray for Fellowship Bible Church. God, would you be with them this morning? Would your presence be in the midst of them? Would you give them everything that they need to love you and to follow you? And we also pray for our friends across the globe. We, we lift up the Paraventis this morning who are in the Czech Republic. God, would you, would you give them everything that they need? They wouldn't have to force anything, but God, would you open up doors in conversation with the right people who are ready to hear about who you are and 
what you've done on their behalf. God, we just pray for an outpouring of your spirit that your gospel would go forth there as, every, as well as every part of the globe. And finally, God, we just pray for ourselves. We pray that you would, you would open up our hearts, that you'd open up our minds for the word that you have for us today. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. And somebody said, amen. amen and amen. Well, feel free to take a seat if you're here in Spring Lake. Man, we are so excited um, that you're here, so excited that we get to close out this series inside out together. This is the fourth week. You picked a great day to be in church. I also just wanna say hey to those of you who would say, hey, this is my first time here, my first time here in a long time. Come on, church family, can you show them some love? Let them know that we're glad they're here. So excited that you chose to take a portion of your weekend and spend it with us. We hope you feel right at home. And we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to get to know your name, a little bit of your story. The best way we know how to do that is through our connection card. And there should be a QR code in the seat back in front of you. Or as always at allshores.org, there's a button on our website that says connect with us. Or there's physical connection cards through the lobby at our connection point. Whatever it is, we'd love to get in contact with you. We have a gift to put into your hands just to say thanks for being with us. We want to help you. If you're looking to take steps, we want to help you in whatever, whatever capacity that looks like. I just left, and I'll go back after this, meeting with six different people through step four of the journey that are wanting to take some step today to get plugged in deeper to the life of the church. Whatever it looks like, we're here to help. This is also the time in our service where we give back to God, recognizing ultimately that everything that we have is his. And so we give a portion of that back because we know that we can do so much more together than any of us can do and so for those of you who want to join us in that, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your continued giving. The ways to give are on the screen behind me or there are boxes attached to the wall on your way out. Thank you so much for your generosity, for your sacrificial giving. And finally, this Sunday is not just it for today. We have an outdoor baptism tonight at 5 p.m. Potawatomi Park in Grand Haven. And man, the last I heard, 25 people are gonna publicly declare their allegiance to, to Jesus Christ, which is so cool. And man, the, it, it's so encouraging. I think it's, I think it's edifying, not just for the people who are getting wet, but for all of us to remember what God has done in our lives. And so since we're all a part of One Church Family, if you can be there tonight, we, man, bring a lawn chair, bring, bring a towel. We'll have food for everybody, but man, come and celebrate with us for those people who are taking that spiritual step. We have a great rest of our service plan for you today. Why don't we turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next? Hi, I'm Carissa Wesley. My name is Shelby Zakow, and I moved to this area about three years ago. I co-lead a women's group, and I just extended the invite out to her. Um, the group has been so encouraging for me. When you come to a new place and you don't have family that's already built in, you kind of have to make that family. And I made it here with a lovely group of ladies. Um, and I want to just extend that to her because I, I truly believe like we're made for connection. We're made to be in community. I was unsure of what I 
was gonna say like did, did I know enough to say what I think I needed to say I would say to anybody who was worried nervous um, feels like maybe this is totally out of their league or something that they could not do I would encourage them to do it um, you never know what's going to be on the other side the friendships the relationships um, I can say within the last five months my life has drastically changed from everybody because of everybody that I've been able to meet and connect with and it's only scary for a minute but it does get better and the other side is so rewarding and very thankful for that. Welcome to All Shores. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Brandi Hafler, and I'm the Community Life Coordinator. And one of the joys of my job is that I get to work with the hospitality team because we have cookies. But no, because um, this team exists to make sure that people know that they are seen, loved, and, um, and known from the second they leave the street until the second they find their seats. And for that reason, we have people strategically placed throughout the, throughout the campus to make sure that no one is missed. But even though we might um, only have a few seconds or even a minute or two with someone each, each Sunday, we can still have a big impact on people. And uh, this was displayed by, we have a couple of gentlemen who every Sunday you'll see them out here by the road waving at you as you pull in the parking lot, or they just wave at the people as they drive by. And uh, they've had some interesting interactions. I think that someone has stopped and offered one of them money, or someone wondered if they needed a ride. But Dan, our 11 o'clock waver, was out there, and a young woman pulled up in her car. And she just unrolled her window and started just unloading on him, just sharing her heart. She'd been struggling. Her baby had been in the ICU for a week. She'd been driving to the hospital every day. And she said she'd been under a lot of stress. And she saw him out there waving, thought he looked nice, like a nice person, and wondered if he would give her a hug. And he went over and just gave her a big fatherly hug. And then she drove away. And as far as we know, I don't think she's been back. But in that moment, Dan got to let her know that she was seen, known, and loved. And part of that is just that helps them know that they are seen, known, and loved by God. That's what we want to do. And so that's what we love to do. And so you do not have to, though, be an extrovert or even a hugger to be on the hospitality team. Um, you can be somebody who likes calendars and computers. You can be somebody who wants to, like, stand in the parking lot and help people determine which door they need to come through or where to park. Um, or you can just be somebody who just likes giving a fist bump and a smile and saying, we're glad you're here. But if you have a desire to make sure that people know that they are seen, loved, and welcomed, we have room for you on the hospitality team. 
So there is a table at every location. We have one in uh, Coopersville, one in Muskegon, and one here in Spring Lake um, where you can step up and get some more information about the hospitality team. Um, you can sign up, and um, if you do, then uh, Pastor EJ in Muskegon, Pastor Josh in Coopersville, or I here in Spring Lake will contact you just to get to know you a little bit and talk about the team and determine what that might look like if you got involved. And if you do um, do that, we will give you some home-baked cookies that we have just for you. So we encourage you to do that, but we're just so glad that you're here. So thank you for coming, and I do pray that the Holy Spirit meets you in a powerful way today. Well, good morning again. Thank you for joining us in Spring Lake. And those who are joining us online this morning, uh, at each of our campuses today, however, we usually stream the teaching. And at each of our campuses, we have live teaching today. So Josh Regard is uh, preaching in uh, Coopersville and uh, Patrick Cooper's up in Muskegon. And so we're all preaching from the same text. This is week four of our series, Inside Out, Living on Mission. It's the, it's the mission of our church, radically loving, growing together in Christ. We start, started off the first couple of weeks with the abiding in God. Like, what does that look like to be with God and to hear his voice personally? We, and Dave Horn did a great job. We, week two, Evan talked about abiding corporately. What does that look like for us as a church? And we just got done talking about groups and like how we gather together and learn about who God is together. And then last week, we touched on what it is personally that drives us as believers to reach out to the lost. So it is Christ's love that compels us to do that. And today we're going to end the series with this idea of the outside. What does that look like when we as a church together reach out to our community? And uh, so if you haven't been with us, we'd love for you to go back and uh, check out the previous messages. Um, but we're, as we get into the text today, we just want to ask God to, uh, to speak to us. We believe that the Holy Spirit that breathed life into these words uh, is here with us. And so whether it's a whisper or a shout, we just believe that God has something for each and every one of you. So why don't we bow our heads and in just a moment of silence, prepare ourselves to hear from him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. And so God, as we open up your word, as we hear this story today of your son, Jesus, I pray that it would awaken something in us. And God, that whatever is of me would fall to the ground and be forgotten. Whatever is of you, though, Lord, that it would stick, that it would stir us, that it would convict us, challenge us, ultimately change us, that we might be more like your son, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Well, I've mentioned this before, but my folks moved into town uh, several months ago in the spring. And so 
uh, every now and then they want to know like what are, where are some places to go, you know, to eat or, or things to do. And so I'll get those texts. So this last week I invited them out to breakfast to a place they had not been before. I don't want to mention names, but it might be a pancake house. So uh, I took them out for breakfast. And before I did, um, my mom's a planner. So I, I sent the, the menu ahead of time. I went online and I got the menu and I sent it. But when I was online at the restaurant site, I noticed all the different reviews. How many of you are Yelpers? You use Yelp? Any reviews? Uh, there's a few of you. Do any of you leave reviews, like the good and bad? No? Okay. There's one back there. <laughs> um, but I always look at all the different reviews, but I, I went down the rabbit hole because I started looking at their reviews and then other reviews for other places, and I started finding some really funny reviews of places that you could go. And so I want to share a few of you this morning. Uh, this first one I thought was hilarious. Uh, Taco Santo. I don't know where it is, but Ross here had an experience. He left one star. He said, the entire kitchen and wait staff saw an ice cream truck, and they ran outside, leaving me alone in the restaurant. <laughs> and 10 minutes later, they all came back in with ice cream cones. I still can't believe this actually happened. So one-star review for everyone leaving to get ice cream. But anyway, another one, if you've ever been to Einstein Bagels, uh, I think they're more out east. I've, I've been there before. Uh, this woman left a review. Uh, I don't have a picture of it, but she said, train wreck. No greeting, no eye contact, no thanks. By the way, is one-star review. I asked for a mini bagel that was stacked in a jar on the counter, and it was inedible. And when I complained to the cashier, she informed me that I had asked for a dog bagel. <laughs> when I pointed out that there was no label on the jar whatsoever, nothing that indicated that this was made for canine consumption, she just said that she thought I bought it for my dog. These people are idiots. <laughs> so her words, her words, not mine. Selling bagels can't be that hard. One star. And then one of my favorites that I gave across is uh, one for Ford's Theater. And uh, someone created uh, an identity. And uh, as Abe L. left this review for Ford's Theater, two-star review, was murdered here, would not recommend. <laughs> I love that. I, I think they started making T-shirts and selling them at Ford's Theater because of this review. But I thought that was really funny. So that's my little rabbit trail that I got on, but it did cause me to ask this question. I started thinking, I, I started looking at some of the reviews of churches. I don't have very many of them that I want to put up here. And uh, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones, but I started thinking, what are the reviews of who God is based on people's experience at church? What do people think about God? What kind of review would they leave about who God is by their experience with those of us who call ourselves Christians who are a part of the church, the body of Christ? Would some say that God is judgmental based on how they have been treated? Is it a one star? Some might say that the church is unkind, unfriendly, uninterested, un or they are unwanted. Some find themselves on the margins of society dealing with addictions or abuse or disease or mental illness or incarceration or poverty or more. 
Do they see Christ followers going out of their way to meet their needs, to care for them? Or, like the rest of culture, are they ignored? And so their review, their idea of who God is, is connected with that experience. Last week, we talked about individual, our individual journey with God and how God is calling each of us who have been transformed by the love of Christ, that we are compelled, we are restrained by the love of Christ, that we can't do anything else except for tell other people about the love of Christ. But what does that look like when it's a community, the church at work, sharing the love of Christ? There's a story in the New Testament that is a powerful, it's so powerful that three of the gospel writers include it in their stories of Jesus. If you added up all the different days in the life of Jesus that we are told throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the gospels, the stories about Jesus, if you added up all the days of all the stories, we'd have about 52 days in the life of Christ. And all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three of the authors wanted to include this story. That says something to me that there is something powerful in this experience that an individual had with Jesus. Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke 5 all tell the story of friends who brought a man who was paralyzed to Jesus. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 5 this morning. Luke says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Two things here. First is that Jesus was teaching. He was considered a rabbi. He was considered to be one who taught about the kingdom of God. He was respected. People wanted to sit. They wanted to hear from him. But so were the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They were well-respected. They were the religious leaders of the day. And they had come from all over the place to hear Jesus' teaching. What did, what did Jesus have to say about who God is? Because oftentimes it was a little different than what they were teaching. But Luke also tells us there's something that is going along with that teaching, and that is the power of God to bring healing. There had been stories as Jesus was going around and healing the sick and casting out evil spirits. There was a deliverance. There was a freedom that was taking place spiritually and physically. So it was a unique setting that was happening here, that people had come from all over the place. The religious leaders and other people had come to hear Jesus. And then it says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. We're going to pause here for a minute because there's a whole story here in this verse. You see, to be paralyzed was not just to be marginalized. It was not to be accepted hardly at all. Imagine life, what it was like to be a paralytic in, in the ancient world in these days. This man's whole life was lived on a mat. Someone had to feed him. They had to carry him. They had to clothe him. They had to move him from place to place. They had to move him around so he wouldn't be covered in bed sores. They had to clothe him and clean him when he was soiled himself. And nothing could be done medically. There was no rehab programs, no treatment centers, and anyone in this man's condition had to go about as a beggar, to be laid out 
on the road, dependent on other people's coins being thrown at him day after day. No money, no job, no influence, and seemingly not much of a future. What he did have, however, is it seems like he had some friends. There were some people that he was connected with. And I'm not sure how this happened in Jesus' day because they would have had to go out of their way. This would have been difficult. They had to go out of their way in order to get to know this man on his mat. You see, in the 5th century, uh, several centuries before Jesus, there was a law on the books in the Roman Empire that any child born with a disability was to be killed. And that had carried over. There was this attitude that if you had any disability, you weren't a part of the culture, you didn't fit in, you didn't belong, you weren't valued. And this was also true of the Jewish culture, but a little bit different, not quite as harsh, but they believed that if you were a paralytic, if you had issues health-wise, that it was because of your sin or the sin of your parents. You had done something to offend God and he was punishing you and this was your punishment. So imagine what it was like for someone in this position who the, the culture didn't value, they thought you'd be better off dead, and the Jewish culture that you are a part of as a Jew thinks that you have caused this or that somehow God is punishing you, that you aren't accepted by God. I wonder, too, if that's true of people in our day. The people who are on the margin of society It may not be a disability, but it might be a problem that they are dealing with, something that they are facing. They can't work like other people work. They struggle with addictions. They wrestle with disease. They have mental health problems. They've made mistakes. They have broken relationships. They've committed crimes. And many of them would tell you, I don't really feel like I fit into culture. I'm not accepted certain places because of my background. I'm limited, not accepted. And I think maybe that's true of God, that he doesn't accept me either, that I'm unloved. That's what's so amazing about these friends because they, they're around him. They got to know this man on the mat. They spent time with him. They helped him. They cared for him when others didn't. And so when they heard that Jesus was in town and that a crowd had gathered at a house, one of them said, we got, we got to get our friend. We, we, got it. we have to take him to Jesus. If the rumors were true, Jesus could do something for him. So Luke says, when they could not find a way to do this, that is, get into the house because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Wow. When I was picturing this, I thought, who would do this? And my first thought was teenagers. Because it's not their house. It doesn't matter. We could just tear it apart, right? I don't know if that's true or not, but man, we could use some teenagers who have this type of faith to bring people to Jesus. And we have some in our, in our church. We had some really good teens. They were over at my house on Wednesday. And God's moving. But I picture these young men taking their friend and going, we've got to get him to Jesus. So one of them had the idea well, let's just climb up and tear open the roof. I imagine this took effort, right? They were, had to carry him up on the mat. They had to dig through the clay and the straw that had hardened into tiles on the roof. They didn't bring their tools with them. They didn't have cordless Milwaukee saws. 
They used their hands. And I picture the, 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 the cuts, the blood, in order to make a hole large enough to lower him through. And I don't know what people were thinking in the crowd as the hole opened up. I've been preaching for many years, and I've had different disruptions. I've had alarms go off. I've had EMS and rescue people, their beepers go off and run out. I've had people faint in the middle of worship. Uh, I've had several people fall asleep and start snoring. (laughs) Cell phones going off, but I've never had the roof open up, right? And have someone lowered down. So I imagine everybody just stopped speaking as this man is lowered before Jesus. And it wasn't on his agenda for the day. It couldn't have been. He's used to going out to the corner for someone taking him out there and just crying out for coins. And today his friends show up, and not only do they show up, they take him. There was not much he could do about it, according to Scripture. And they start pulling him up on the roof, and I, I, I I wonder if he questioned, what are you doing? Where are we going? Why are you doing this? And they said, we got to get you to Jesus. So they lower him down. And here's what verse 20 says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus addresses him, but it doesn't say anywhere that they talked to Jesus. There they were, lowering him down. It doesn't say anything about what they said, but it's what Jesus saw. Their willingness to go out of their way to do whatever it took to bring their friend to him. And when he saw that, he saw their faith. Most times in scripture and the gospels, when we hear stories like this, it's the faith of the individual that brings healing, that brings hope, that brings change. This is a unique story in the sense that it's not the man's faith, it's their faith. They believed God could do something. And Jesus says to him, friend, Your sins are forgiven. I think it's powerful because that acceptance of God, Jesus washes that away. He goes, oh, it's not your disability. God sees you. You're my friend. You're valuable and you're forgiven. There's nothing between you and God. You're right with God. You get it. That's the first thing that Jesus says. And he makes him right with God right there because of the faith of his friends. But then the Pharisees and the teachers, they began thinking to themselves, right? Wait, what did Jesus just say? Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy, who's mocking God? Because who can forgive sins but God alone? They're not wrong, but they didn't recognize who Jesus really was. He is God, God in the flesh. And so they begin to question, how can Jesus say to this man, you are right with God? Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? It's a rhetorical question because he doesn't wait around for the answer. He says, what's easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, you are right with God? Or is it easier to tell this man to get up and walk? 
But I want you to know that the Son of Man, me, Jesus says, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed. I mean, he's bewildered. They gave praise to God. They were filled with awe or fear and said, we have seen remarkable things today. We have seen some unbelievable things. I, I love the fact that it says he took the mat with him. His whole life had been spent on that mat. Jesus not only made him right with God, but he healed him that he might be right with others. He invites him into the community of faith, into, into the community of believers to say, listen, you're okay. We got this. And all that took place because of his friends who reached out and did whatever they could to bring him to Jesus. I wondered if he left that mat in the corner of his house that when his friends came over or his grandkids later on in life showed up, Papa, what's the mat? I leave it there to remember that was my life before I met Jesus. I'm a new man now. He has changed me. I'm loved by God. I'm accepted by others. I'm a part of the fellowship of the mat. I think this is the call to the church that it takes all of us doing all we can to introduce all others to Jesus. It takes all of us doing all we can to bring others to Jesus. We do this as a community. John Orberg calls the church the fellowship of the mat. That we as the church, as followers, are going to places where people are hurting to introduce others to Jesus in order that they might find forgiveness and acceptance and love within the Christian community. We're more than just a church building. We are people with relationships, caring for, serving, sharing the hope that we have with Jesus Christ with those around our world. We do this together. And when we do, we get to see the miraculous works, the unbelievable things that God can do, the healing, the hope, the restoration, the renewal, the promise of eternal life. And I don't think that this is difficult, but it is hard. Here's what I mean by that. It's not difficult to do the serving, to do it together, to be the church reaching out to our community, but it's hard to get to that point. Some of our students are starting back to school. Those of you who are part of younger families or maybe grandparents, your schedule's all changing right now and your calendar's filling up and you've got all these activities, you've got all these things that you do. How do you find the time to do one more thing, to serve, to participate in the fellowship of the mat, to reach out? That's the hard part. But if we could figure that out, if you can find the time, if you can make those changes in order to do what God's calling you to do, whatever that next step is, it is not difficult to go out into the community with the rest of us and learn to love others and introduce them to Jesus. Some of you are already doing this. 
We have groups that go into our local schools to do mentoring with Kids Hope, children who have been identified as being vulnerable, whose lives have been hurting, broken, broken relationships, going in to, to get to know these kids, build the relationship, share the love, and introduce them to Jesus. We have people who volunteer with Hand to Hand, feeding kids on the weekend at multiple schools in our area. We have people volunteering in the prisons and in the jails, places where people feel marginalized, where they are not accepted by those in society. But we go in with Prison Fellowship and Fresh Coast Alliance and Forgotten Man Ministries. We have people who meet the needs of those who are hungry, those needing resources through Coopersville Cares, Love in Action in the Tri-Cities, and Love, Inc. in Muskegon, partnering together, food, shelter, and resources. We have people serving with positive options, giving women in pregnancy help and hope in the name of Jesus. We offer respite nights for foster kids, foster care kids, providing a time away for those families who are really trying to love on these children who do not have a place they would call home or a family. We have groups who have taken on families or individuals in need, providing food and transportation and help in their home. We have a care team that reaches out daily to those who are sick and hurting and struggling, surgeries, hospitalizations, and more. We have a refugee ministry that reaches out to families coming from around the world, moving to our area, needing to learn English, find jobs, learning to navigate our culture, all the while introducing them to Jesus. We are the fellowship of the mat. And I'm so glad that I get to call All Shores my home because I see us living this out. But can you imagine the review of who God is in our culture, in our world, if the church did more of this? If we were the fellowship of the mat doing all we can to introduce all others to Jesus. It's living on mission. It's what the church should be all about. This last week, we've seen some of that take place. We've seen the transformation. We've had some pretty powerful stories this last week. There was a, there was a man who has been attending our church for a few years after moving to the area. And he attended one of our men's groups for a season, got to know some of the guys in our church, been attending church on a regular basis in worship. And this last week, met with Pastor Ralph with counseling, and through all of those different aspects, God kept tugging on him because he knew about God. But in his words, religion had ruined him. But what he was missing was a relationship with Jesus. And so Ralph basically asked him, would you like to receive Jesus? And he said, yes. So Monday night, just outside in the lobby, this man received Jesus as his friend and his savior. And he was made right with God and right with others. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we have a young mother who a week ago found out that her mother-in-law had stage four cancer. And her mother-in-law called and said, uh, I haven't been to church a long time, never really went but I need to get right with God. Can I come to church? 
Her daughter-in-law said, yeah. So last Sunday she showed up for the first time. She heard about God's love that is compelling us, that God loved her. She said to her daughter-in-law, can you, can you come over this week and we can talk some more about this? And so she came over this last week. And she, the mother-in-law invited some of the other family members to come and they all sat in the living room and asked questions. And then five of them accepted Christ. Five of them accepted Christ. And they are part of the fellowship of the mad because God loves them. And I believe wants to bring healing. It took people in our congregation together because that young mother, she called her mom and dad who have also been involved with this family and are members of our church. And she called an aunt who used to pastor a church. It was together, all of them, doing all they could to introduce all others to Jesus. That's what it's all about. I don't know what your next step is. Maybe you're already doing this and this is a confirmation this morning that I'm on the right track. I'm doing what God has called me to do. Maybe this morning it's a step to say, I need to get more involved at some level. Maybe it's just to begin praying about where that might be, to be a part of the fellowship of the mat, to see people in our community come to Christ. Maybe it's setting aside that busy schedule or scheduling that in as a part of your schedule. And maybe for some of you, you've been sitting here week after week like that young man has been. And you have yet to make the decision to make Jesus your friend, to receive him as your savior. Today might be the day for you to experience freedom, deliverance. You can take your past, your mat that you've been carrying around and you can put it in the corner. Say, that was my life before. But today it can change. And so I'm gonna invite all of us because we all need Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Or I'm just going to ask you all to bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray this prayer with me. And perhaps this morning, this will be the first time you pray this. God, we thank you for Jesus and for showing us your love by sending him for us. We thank you that you love us for who we are and not our inabilities, our past, our sin, or our brokenness. We ask you to forgive us, to make us new. We ask you to heal our hearts and our lives, to take away the mats we've been living on. And we pray that you would help us to live new lives as we join your family of Christ followers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I hope that you prayed that prayer for the first time today, some of you that today was the day that you can look back on and go, that's the day I met Jesus because some crazy people invited me to come to church. Some friends of mine knew that what I needed most was to be introduced to Jesus. But it should be an encouragement to all of us that we can continue to do that as a body of Christ and see more and more lives transformed. We're gonna close the service by taking communion. When you came in, you should have received a little cup 
There are two layers to that. The top layer you peel off is the bread. Second layer is the juice. You don't have to be a member of All Shores or the Wesleyan Church denomination. We just want you to be a part of the fellowship of the mat, a life that has been transformed, a life that has been changed because of Jesus, that you are a part of the church. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, welcome. This is your first act as a follower of Jesus Christ to remember what he has done for you and to celebrate that. So I'm gonna ask us all to stand as we take communion together. You can peel back that first layer and take the cup, take the bread. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread with his disciples and he broke it and gave thanks. He said, this is my body given for you. Let us take and eat in remembrance. And then taking the cup. I said, this is the blood of a new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Your sins. The sweetness of it was a great reminder that God washes away the bitterness in the past that we are made new because of Jesus. Let us take it, drink in remembrance. God, we pray your blessing over these elements to our bodies, to our spirits, that we may live as the fellowship of the mat. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna end with worship and here's my, here's my call, here's my challenge. Jesus said to that man, take up your mat and walk. Sometimes if you've made a decision, you wonder, well, what do I do now? Here's what I'd like you to do. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, during our worship set, there's gonna be some of us down front here, and I'd love for you to take up your mat, come right down front. We wanna pray with you. We wanna celebrate with you. There are people who have made this decision this week. You just get to join them. And so we would love to just spend some time in prayer. And let me just say this. It was the man who needed healing, both spiritually and physically. And maybe this morning, you need that physical touch. And I invite you to come forward, and we would love to pray for you that God would bring healing. So as we worship together, I just invite you to come if you're in need of prayer or you made a decision to follow Jesus today. In all
the fellowship of the math, doing all we can to introduce all others to Jesus. Man, there's so many things that I would love to celebrate. I see my friend uh, Dr. Addison back there who just got back with a team uh, from our church, went to Mozambique just to share medically help, being the part of the fellowship of the math. We got Pastor EJ and Ross Smelker who are a part of a team out in Oregon right now raising money for clean water. Uh, They were part of a team that ran 197 miles yesterday for World Vision. Yeah. 
they, uh, they raised enough money that 24,000 people will have clean water for a lifetime. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's being a part of the fellowship of the mat. So you can run and be a part of the fellowship. You can travel and do medical work. There's so many things and so many ways to be a part of the church, reaching out to introduce people to Jesus. I pray that you are taking that next step, whatever that might be. Tonight, though, the next step, we have people getting into the waters of baptism. That is at 5 o'clock. Say that with me. 5 o'clock. If anyone gives you another time, tell them they're crazy. It's 5 o'clock. It's been communicated a couple of different ways, so I want to make sure you know that. Potawatomi Park, we're going to have dinner first at 5 o'clock. We're going to have worship, and then we're going to baptize. So we'd love for you guys to come out to be a part of that, bring a chair with you or a blanket, something to sit on. Uh, It's going to be a fun night. Once you uh, hold out your hands, I'll give a blessing. And now may God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continually fill you with his spirit. Uh, May you experience this week his love for others. May you see the marginalized. May you notice those who are hurting, that you might introduce them to the one who can change it all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.